Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and our guest today may seem familiar to you from the Academy Award-winning film, The Artist, NBC's iconic daytime series, Days of Our Lives, ABC's General Hospital, the most lovable characters on the Hallmark Channel, or from her one-time appearance on the critically acclaimed Informed Pregnancy Podcast. She joined us when she was imminently due with her first biological child and promised she would come back. And you're a woman of your word, Jen Lilly. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much. You know, I'm just here because I love the intro music so much. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I could send you an MP3. Okay. Please do. <laughs> uh, so how was the rest of your pregnancy? You were so close. You I were so just close. As a little refresher, you had yeah. been breached and you thought, maybe I'm going to have to have this baby breech or something. Right. Yeah. And then you did the external cephalic version and presto. It was actually pretty quick for you, no? It was, yeah. I did the the exphalic version with what is it called? <laughs> external external cephalic, cephalic version. version. Yeah. See, it's already gone through my mind. It's, you know, it's, it's in so the past now. It's news. so old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Dr. Brock, and that was successful. So, um, in hindsight, I'm very glad it was successful because you know I was willing to deliver vaginal breach. But um, which Dr. Brock does fairly regularly if you meet the requirements for it, the yeah. safety requirements. Which is fantastic. Um, I, I hope more doctors will train to do that. But you didn't have to. So how are the uh, last moments of your pregnancy? I mean, you didn't have too much left after we spoke last. Yeah, they were good. You know, full of excitement. I was not fearful about the birth. I was really excited about it. That's Um, amazing. Yeah, my parents came in town, which was wonderful. And they got here, I don't know, like the Wednesday. And then that Friday night, I went to a Hallmark red carpet. And I was having prodromal labor. So I was literally having contractions. But they were about 15 10 minutes apart uh, at that red carpet event. They went down to about five minutes apart, but they just weren't that intense. And so I just knew it wasn't time to go. You didn't think you were going to soak the carpet? No. And there was actually, um, there was an actress there who... Ashley Williams. Yeah, Ashley Williams. I saw a little thing pop up on my newsfeed because Ashley and I are friends. She's actually done the podcast a couple of times. She's amazing. And she happens to be a doula as well. So we chatted in the bathroom and she was like, you're not in labor. I was like, I don't think so either. (laughs) She was like, listen, here's some water, have some dessert. It was fantastic. Wow. That's my kind of day. um, Yeah. And then that Monday morning, the following Monday, I was the real deal. Wait, so that was on... That was Friday. Friday. Oh, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until Monday that things... Did you have, like, surges all the way from Friday to Monday? Um... 
I don't remember. You know, I I just knew it wasn't the real thing. I mean, they they were more intense than Braxton Hicks. Were you, you able know? to sleep on Friday? Yeah, and Saturday? for sure. Okay. Yeah, I just figured I'd wake up in time, and if not, you know, <laughs> we'd be okay. But they weren't strong enough to keep you awake. No. Cool. No, and no. then, so what happened Monday? So Monday morning, I had a uh, my OB checkup with Doctor Brock. I was two days before my due date. And I had been dilated from the week before already to about two. So I went in, he checked my cervix, and when he was checking me, my water broke. Oh, really? Um, he accidentally broke my water. Oh, gush? But, like you felt oh, it? Gush. Oh, gush. Yeah, gush. it was big gush. So that was a little exciting, but it was a little nerve-wracking because that means, you know, you're, you're, my daughter was pretty high up still in okay. my body. But I was excited. I was really grateful because with the prodromal labor, I was really just praying that I would know when to go to the hospital because, you know, if anyone knows anything about Los Angeles, it's that there's a freeway called the 405, and I did not want to have a baby on the 405, and luckily I didn't. I wouldn't even want to be sitting on the 405. (laughs) Going through labor, no thanks, yeah. So there should be a lane. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, okay, dude, like, what do I do? Do I go home or do I go to the hospital? Because my water broke. It's like a different situation than, you know, timing it out. And he said, you can you can do either. I'll call Cedars. And so I decided not to go home because I didn't want to deal with traffic. Mm-hmm. I, I called my husband. I was like, hey, you know, uh, don't worry. We've got quite a bit of time, but um, you should leave work and come meet me. We had breakfast and down by Cedar sinai mm. And then we, we went to the park and walked around. And then my contractions got to five minutes apart very quickly. After breakfast. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we should probably go just to get situated. Do you have like coverage for the boys? Yeah, my parents were in town oh. already, which was fantastic. Oh, right. That's super nice. Yeah. Very helpful. Um, now, what about the coveted hospital bag? Did your husband bring that? Cause... I just called my parents and... I had said, don't worry about it because I knew I'd have time. But then I called them and said, you know, actually, I do need my bag because I wanted to wear my own hospital gown. I had realized I wanted to wear my own hospital gown. You bought a gown to bring with you? No, it was actually a a robe that I wore in one of my friend's weddings. She was a bridesmaid. Like, we were all prepping. She got us matching (laughs) robes. And so I was like, all I knew from the external phallic version was that I wanted my own hospital stuff because I'm really, really petite and hospital gowns don't fit me. And I don't think I, they really fit anybody. No, they're just like crazy. But I, yeah. I ended up wearing one because I got in the shower. I got a room with a bathtub, which was incredible. But because my water had broken, they didn't let they me labor in the tub. So they said, you can get in the shower, and I did. But then somehow that shower, I mean, my robe wasn't even near the shower. It was drenched, oh, so I ended, up, I ended up in the hospital gown. Oh. Yeah. What else was in your bag? Oh, my gosh. I had date bars, you know, because mm. I was eating the six dates a day, which did not help my labor go faster. Well, okay. Okay. But I think it was because my water broke prematurely, and I think my, my cervix wasn't ready, but my body... Here's what happened. So... I get to Cedars like five minutes apart, my contractions. And then very quickly, my parents got there and I think they slowed down my labor a bit. Like it was like five minutes apart. They weren't that intense. Um, They, I mean, they hurt, but like I had said on the previous podcast, I have experienced insane (laughs) pelvic pain. So I I was like, this is nothing. I, you know, whatever. And by the time I had gotten to the hospital, they checked me and they said, oh, you're like four, four and a half centimeters. I said, great, we got some time. Finally, I sent my parents off because I was like, you know what? I really just want to focus. I, they were just like sitting on the couch. My parents are amazing. They're like sitting on the couch with snacks, like eating. And I was like, I feel like I'm <laughs> like in the round theater in the round. You know, like, this is so uncomfortable. Um, 
So they left, and uh, one of my best friends, Jade, stopped by with lots of <laughs> heating pads and all these things. She was so sweet, coconut waters. And then she pressed some button, and it was the emergency button, and all the doctors came in. It was like all these funny Oops. things kept happening. Um, my videographer, her um, business is called Knocked Up Birth Services, but her name is Allie, and she is also a doula. But she was not my doula, but it was helpful that she was there. So she ended up coming because both of my my mom and my grandmothers on both sides had precipitous labor, which is very quick labor. Right. You talked about, like, right. maybe you thought this would just yeah, fly Yeah, right I thought it was you. just going to be, like, lightning, you know. But what happened was my contractions literally maybe, as soon as my parents left, they went to three minutes. And then for, let me think. So I went into labor because my water broke at 9, 10 a.m., my daughter was born the next day at 7, 10 a.m. Oh, that is not exactly. labor. That no. is far oh, out of the definition. So brutal. And once my parents left, that was about six hours in. So let me do the math. That was at least 16 hours. They were two minutes apart, my contractions. Oh, for the whole time? The whole time. And so intense. Where you Even know you, for you? Even. Because, like, you've mm, had intense. Even for me, but I knew when I was in transition. You did um, Because... Okay, this is crazy. I went through transition for sure twice. This is like twice? my labor was so crazy because I I was in so much pain and you know you're going through transition because you just start like vomiting and your contractions are, you know, maybe 15 seconds apart. Like Who's with you though? My husband's this? with me. He's okay. a rock star. And my best friend in the whole wide world, Sela, is with me, and she's acting as my doula. She's your doula. Sela's your doula, and then you have knocked up. Another, yeah, uh, knocked up birth. She's my video, videographer. But also happens to be a doula. Yeah, so, so I mean. doula energy in the room. Yeah, so I had really good energy in the room, and then my friend Jade came and went in the 22 hours. Um, she came back at one point, And then you had great. nurses. Um, I had one nurse, but they were basically out of the room. Just in and out. Yeah. And um, I got in the shower and I had asked Dr. Brock, you know, if I could be off the monitor because they, they put these monitors around you. And I was like, you know, I really wanted to do a home birth or a birthing center. I didn't want to be strapped down to a bed the whole time. This is not how I want to labor. So he was like, he's super cool. He's like, of course, like get her off the monitors. Just have her check the monitors, like whatever it is, whatever protocol is. Every once in a while. Every hour or something like that. So he said I could get in the shower. I definitely was going through transition. It was really intense. And, you know, I had the pressure where they, you know, you feel like you need to use the bathroom. Like I had all of it. And I had gotten to the point where I thought I can't do this much longer, which is my mom said, that's when you're in transition. Transition, mm -hmm. yeah. Are there things that are comforting to you during this the time? The water. Oh, my gosh. Just I just had water? hot water, hot water. And I had taken the shower head off of the shower and I would have them put it on my back and then roll it to the front. Oh, it's you the know. wand that you can move right, the water move where the you wand, want it. Right, the wand, which was, I was really grateful for that. So you felt it in the front and in the back? Yes. Oh, it was so intense. And they, was there like somebody putting pressure on you? Yep, or? I had my best friend Sayla was generally on my back. She brought like a rolling pin, which was magic and Ooh, all of these things. Never yeah. a better time to make apple pie than uh, during labor. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then they were both, I both had, the, I had them praying the whole time. Like every time I would have a contraction, I was like, you better pray. And I knew as a transition as well because it was like I couldn't hear them anymore. It's like you just, for me personally, it was like sound was drowning out because I was in so much pain. Mm. And I asked the nurse, I said, please check me. I need to know mentally how far I am. 
and they don't want to check you when your water breaks. I should clarify mm-hmm. why they were so hesitant because they can you can introduce bacteria and all these things. Right. Well, it's true. The bag of fluid protects the baby from absolutely it keeps a barrier that's no longer there. Right. So the more yes. times you get checked, the more likely you are to get an infection. So they really don't want to check you. But I said for my mental well-being, I need you to let me know like how far along am I? And they said, oh, you're about seven and a half centimeters. So I said, great. But she said, I, you know, I'm really not sure. You might be seven and a half, like eight, maybe you're a six. And oh, I was like, that's pretty big. Yeah, exactly. So I said, um, they said, well, it's time for you to get on the bed. And if you want us to check, like we need to get in a better position, get on the oh, bed. Oh, they were checking you in the shower? They were checking me in the shower. Oh, wow. I was just like, I can't. Like, I get couldn't, out of there. I couldn't move. Like, I was just like, this is a lot really intense. And they hooked me up to the monitors and they realized, um, Julie, my baby's heart had stopped. Then all the doctors came in and they were like, we want to give you, I think it's called tributylene, right, that they gave you for the ECV to, uh, to, to, stop to your slow contractions. my contractions, which is a drug that they use for asthmatics, but it also makes your cervix relax. So they gave me that shot. And it was amazing because my husband, who's very shy, they didn't tell me what it was for. They didn't tell me what was going on. It was just like all the orderlies rushed in. And they were like, we need to give you a shot. And it was so funny because I had the IV put in already. And I was like, why don't you need to give it to me through the IV? And they said, no, we need to give it to you in your arm. It'll be faster, which Dr. Brock was like, that's ridiculous. I don't know why they did that. And then my husband said, wait, <laughs> Mr. Nonverbal. He was like, what is this drug? You don't want to do anything like you did not want to use drugs. Like, what is this? And I really appreciated it. And they were like, the baby's in distress. And I said, OK, just give me the shot. So they gave me the shot. My contractions for about 40 minutes slowed down to about five minutes apart. Wait a the heart had stopped? Yeah, like, I, like my contractions were crushing her. So her heart rate was like... It slowed down a lot. And then it would like, it was just so erratic. Like it would come back So during the contraction, it would like dip really low. Dip like to zero. And then when the contraction's over, it would come back up. Yes, but at that point, when I was in the shower, my contractions, so I was having double contractions. So they would go off the chart intensity. Um, and when I say chart, it's they have these monitors that look kind of like heart rate monitors. And mine would go way off. And then it would start to come down. And then about 7 to 15 seconds later, it'd have another peak. Another so I was shot. having double oh. contractions. So, so she the, couldn't she catch getting, her breath. Okay. So that's why the tributaline to like slow that down. Mm-hmm. And then she can have like more normalized heart right. rate. So between the two contractions, my contractions were about 90 seconds long. Sheesh. All right. Let's take a break for a second. Yes. This is intense. Yes. <laughs> I need a drink. We'll be right back with Jen Lilly. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered... Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, 
Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are talking to Jen Lilly. I'm intrigued because I don't know your birth story. I haven't really talked to you about it. Yeah, we haven't talked. Since you had the kid. Yeah. So this is like I'm on the edge. Okay, great. So they gave me the tributylene. I don't know if I'm probably not saying that right. but Tributylene, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> and so my contractions then went back down to about five minutes apart. And that was great. You know, um, they didn't really slow down too much in intensity, but they hurt less, you know. So maybe after about 40 minutes, they started to ramp up again. And I had them check me, I don't know, maybe an hour later. And they said, we were at five centimeters. And I was like, what? You went from seven, yeah. maybe six to and five? And I had already been stationed when, when I had gotten there. Like they said, I was stationed two, you know. Negative two or negative two? Uh, negative two. So and, you needed to drop more. Yep. And then when they had checked me at the seven and a half or, you know, whatever centimeters, they said she was already stationed plus one. Oh, so like getting yeah. close. Yeah, I was getting a really close. Well, then after the tributylene, they said, oh, now you're you're like four and a half, five centimeters. I was like, it's not possible. Like, that's what I came in as. And, you know, back to station negative two. And I was like, this doesn't make sense at all. So the contractions just kept coming for two minutes for another 10 hours or so. And um, then I was going through transition again, but didn't know it. And it was like the real one, right? And it was deafening. I remember I sat on the toilet, which is a very comforting position because it really opens up your hips. And my husband was in front of me and my best friend was behind me. And they were both just like, you know, very loudly speaking prayers over me every contraction because I just wanted the comfort. I just wanted comfort. Just tell me that God is with me. Tell me that my daughter's coming. Tell me that my body was created for this. Um, you know, speak life over me and speak affirmation over me. God, thank you for the wisdom and knowledge all the doctors and nurses have. Yes, Thank you um, for quick thinking. Yes. God, thank you that everything is great. Jen is doing great. Yes. And Julie's doing great. Yes. So it was really amazing. The whole atmosphere in Cedar sinai in my room, like people would come in and they were like, wow, it feels so peaceful in here, which was amazing. That's I had really beautiful. My worship playlist was going the whole time. But I was in so much pain. Just and trying to picture that bathroom, because I know those bathrooms, yeah. and they're not very big. So my best friend, Sayla, who was the one that was praying over me with my husband, uh, they were my two main people. But Jade came in. She was my, she's my other best friend. She came in at one point, and she said, I went into that bathroom, and she said, there was one specific prayer that your husband prayed over you, and I don't remember what it was, because it was just, like, maddening to me, but she said it was so, she was like, he'd been praying pretty much the same things, but for some reason in that moment, she said literally it had to have been the presence of God. She said, I had to walk out of the bathroom, and I had to sit in your room for a second and cry because I didn't know what was happening. Like, I was just so overwhelmed with a spiritual presence that I just like sobbed, but it was good tears, wow. which was awesome. So it was really calm in my, and I was trying to be calm and Sayla would say, you know, relax your shoulders. And when I was going through the most intense transition, 
And I was at 10 centimeters and I didn't know it because nobody was checking me. And she was like, relax your shoulders. And she was pushing on them with all of her might. And I was like, I'm trying. <sighs> you know, she's like, <laughs> she started praying. She said, I pray that this baby like comes down right now. And she's, you know, in your canal. And I was like, and I started saying no, <laughs> no, because I was like, I can't do this. And the nurses kept saying, oh, you're maybe at five. You know, they didn't want to check me. And so I finally, Sayla left for a second. I had, by the way, about an hour before that or maybe two hours before that, I had tried some drug that's very close to morphine. didn't work at all. Oh, instead of an epidural, you mean? Yeah, because I just was like, well, how long will that last? And they said, that'll last about 45 minutes. And I said, great, if I can just get a nap, you know, then I can rally and I can do this. And so that drug didn't work at all. Like, it was horrible. It didn't work at all. Horrible meaning... It, Horrible meaning it had zero effect. Oh, like no, nothing no, changed. It didn't make you feel worse. <laughs> nothing yeah. changed. My poor husband had been up for 30 hours because he works graveyard shift. So anyway, so Sayla had left and I was just sitting there with Jason in the bathroom and I was just like, babe, I can't. And I was just pausing. I couldn't talk anymore, you know, because my contractions were so intense. And I was like, I want the epidural because I had heard a nurse say... To Sayla had gone out and talked to the nurse in my hotel in my hotel room. Hotel. I felt like it's a hotel room. Hotel-y. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like a hotel. <laughs> Cedar sign is very nice. In my hospital room, we were in the bathroom, but the bathroom door was open, and I could hear her talking to the nurse. And the nurse said, "Oh, it's going to be at least six to twelve hours." <sighs> and I said to Jason, "I have to have the epidural. Like I'm not a hero." I always said, you know, like if I can't take it anymore, it wasn't more intense than my period cramps that I had explained on the previous podcast. Right. It was just that 22 hours of that feeling was way more than I had ever endured. So I said, I want the epidural. And he was so sweet. He said, I'm going to go get Sailor because, you know, you, you, I don't want you to regret this. Like you told me. And I said, Jason, no, it's going to be 21 hours at that point. I can't do it. For the record, you're a hero either way. Oh, my gosh. So I said, I can't. Thank you. So we got Sayla, and she got down on my face. She's like a celebrity fitness trainer. I literally went to her class one time, and I said, um, if we want to maintain our friendship, like, we am never coming to your class again. <laughs> so she militantly got in my face, and she said, you made me promise come hell or high water that you would not get an epidural. And I said, I didn't know it was going to be 21 hours. Like, I want the epidural. I want the epidural. And she argued with me, and I said, Sayla, please stop talking. Get me the epidural. They ordered it. And there were three women ahead of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it took, it was a, another 40-minute wait. My contractions were literally seven seconds apart by the time the guy got to me. And so they prep your back, you know. And I didn't want an epidural because I was terrified of it. All these things can happen that can go wrong. And, you know, so I said, just wait. I was like, I'm, I would get a double contraction. And then sometimes between the double contractions, there would be about 15 to 30 seconds. But you weren't so, feeling pressure, like, to push? Well, I no, not yet. No. Um, I was getting, my plan had been to let my daughter labor down. That's what I really wanted to do. And so they give me the epidural, but my husband had to hold me and with all of his might like forward because the anesthesiologist had said, if you rear back with your arms or move, you know, like I have to stop and I have to re-sanitize your back and all the things. So I was like, okay. And I just said, like, wait. We did the double contraction. Then I said, like, you have 15 seconds. And my, Jason just held me. They put in the epidural, and then my worst nightmare happens. It works on one side of my body. <gasps> uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. So then my videographer, Allie, is like, okay, it's a gravitational thing. Like, get on the side that it's not working on. You know, whatever. So all it's, the drugs It's not working. They the said, give side. it 20 minutes. And then... Uh, what is? I mean, just worst nightmare because... 
because you can still feel it. And so then you can't cope. You don't have like half of your body is limp uh, and you can't like use that piece of your body to to cope. Before you could move around, get into different positions. So I guess when I asked for the epidural, it had to have been 20 hours in. The epidural comes at like 21 hours. It doesn't work. And then Jason, after like 30 minutes, says, hey, is this thing supposed to be connected? Like the drug thing was not connected to the drip. What? I know. So then Allie, my uh, videographer, ran and got the nurse. She said, she was like, I've seen enough of that. Like I've seen enough epidurals in my time. Like this is not normal. Call the anesthesiologist. And he said, I might have to re-stick you. I was like, <sighs> I don't care what you have to do. I was like, at this point, something has to give. So he said, well, first we're going to do one more push of the medicine. And I told my husband, I was like, you start praying, like, pray right now that my body takes this epidural. And then Dr. Brock comes in and he checks me and he's like, oh, like, you're, she's in your canal. Like, you were at 10. Why did you get an epidural? And I was like, they told me it's going to be six to 12 hours. Epidural still, like, not really working. They get me in position. I could feel one side of my body, but it's starting to numb. But I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to have the ring of fire. I'm going to have all these things. Do we need to take a break? Let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to because I'm like on edge about what happens next. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Jen Lilly is telling us her birth story. It's riveting. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, good. good. So you're kind of numb on half your body. And then... Like one half, right or left, is numb. Yeah, but the other other ones start. It was it was my right side was numb, and my left side, I could still feel. But as I was getting like in the stirrups and stuff, like I, it was starting to work. It was starting to work, and I was like, okay, okay, all right, I can do this. And then I got. But at that point, did you want it to work? Did you want to? Oh, I really wanted it to work because I just thought for pushing. Yeah, and I just thought I want to be able to let my daughter labor down, and I, I can't even do that. If if I have to endure any more pain, I'm just going to rocket her out of me and just tear. Like, oh, and I don't I want you. to tear, right? Rocket. No, you don't want that rocket. Oh, I did not want it. So the epidural kicked in, and I was like, oh. And it just gave me about five minutes to rally and get my joy back because I had lost my joy in the oh. last 40 minutes. And I, I was so excited about my daughter's birth, but it got just crazy. And everybody kept saying, you know, it's going to be six to 12 hours. And I was like, tap out, tap out. <laughs> you know, I've lost my joy. I can't find peace anymore. I can't hear anything, you know. So then I got really excited and Sailor got really excited. But my contractions slowed down to five minutes apart. And Dr. Brock was like, you've got to be kidding me. He said, there's another girl. You know, I have another patient. She's at eight centimeters. And I was like, oh, um, 
do you think I'm going to beat her? Or like, what, you know, <laughs> he, he was like, look, I said, you know, I would love to race. Competition. You know, I've heard people do that. You know, it can help. But my contractions slowed down to five minutes apart, and I couldn't feel anything. And so they just said, you know, push with all your might. And it was funny because the first couple pushes, you know, I'm such a breather that he said, you have to hold your breath. But I would take a deep breath, and then as I was pushing, I would breathe out. And he's like, no, you have to hold your breath while you're pushing. So I was like, oh, okay. So it took me three contractions. I only pushed for 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Which was great. I pushed harder than I would have wanted to. I, I did want her to labor down, but there was part of me that was also thinking, I was at peace and I had joy, but at the same time, there was part of me that was thinking, she's in my canal. She's already not had oxygen and she's been in distress for pretty much 22 hours at this point. You know, I've got to get her out. Like, she can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So I pushed really hard and, and it was amazing. Yeah. There's her head. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look down, look down, relax the leg, relax the leg. Look down, Jeff, look at you. Oh my god. Should I push? No. Okay. Oh, baby girl. Oh, baby girl. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's okay, he's going to hold her. Oh, Julie. Raise the bed, please. You did such a good job. You did such a good job. And happy birthday. And then they put her on my chest and she did the breast crawl, which is incredible. Oh, really? She is the strongest baby I've ever encountered. And everyone who's met Mm -hmm, her said that. That doesn't surprise me. No, Mm -hmm. right? Being bridge. (laughs) Yeah. Just everything. Being yours. She's so, thank you. She's so strong. She can hold her head up. It's it's nuts. She's a gnarly baby. Um, but So she just perfect. crawled up and found yeah. lunch? Yep. And she did the breast crawl, which was fantastic. And That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible to see when they do that. It's just like, how do they know? Yeah. And um, Dr. Brock was great. My husband did the warm compress on my perineum. Mm-hmm. But then Dr. Brock was like, I mean, you can do that, but it's not going to really help. What helps is just like letting the mom, you know, labor and then relax and labor and relax. So I only had um, two stitches and a second degree tear. Mm-hmm. But then I had complications, which I oh, what do you mean? messaged you about. So yeah. apparently I felt great. Okay. The day after I had the baby, the first three days, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I read about in books where women can just have babies and go back to work. Like, <laughs> this is great. Thank God. You know, I was very, I don't know whether it was adrenaline or what, or whether I just overdid it. But those two days, the first two days, I just did about, I did the that night in the hospital. And I went home the day after, you know. It's typical after vaginal birth. Sure. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to spend the two nights that they can give you. I went home. It's not that kind of hotel. I was vacuuming. Yeah. And I just wanted to see my kids and I wanted to whatever participate. And I was I was vacuuming and lifting the other kids and doing all these things you're not supposed to do. But I was like, I feel amazing. My parents were yelling at me. They were like, you just had a baby. Like, you have to sit down. You have to rest. I didn't. I should have taken their advice. And I, I really was humbled by the fact that I did not obey my parents, you know, and <laughs> I paid for it. So I don't know whether I felt so terrible for the like the next four weeks, but because I didn't rest as well, I'm sure that compounded it. But my body doesn't take stitches. So the dissolvable stitches oh, no. did not dissolve. And I went back to Dr. Barack, gosh, from like three weeks, every week, from three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. And I kept telling him like, something's not normal. 
because I feel so much worse at four weeks than I did two days after labor. Like, this doesn't make sense, or two days after delivery. And then finally, um, nothing, he was like, no, you're healing fine. Everything's fine. You know, it's just your first time mom. And I was like, no. I was like, something's not right. What did you feel? Just like knots and pain and burning, and I couldn't move. And I would just like sit, when I would go to the bathroom, I would just cry. Oh, no. But it wasn't like I had the worst hair. Like, you know, women dread going to the bathroom, you know, number two. That was fine. Right. <laughs> you know, TMI, but that's this podcast. Oh, so this was like fine. This is like on my, urination? Just my, literally, my, yeah. And my stitches, I didn't have like other infections. Then my stitches started like, what happened is they had to go to the surface and push out. And then I felt amazing. But it happened in week five. Wow. So I'm really glad I didn't have a C-section because my body does not do stitches. stitches. Wow. Oh, wow. Which some people, that's what it is for them. So it just had to self-resolve over yeah. those over that month? My, yep. The whole, it was literally like five weeks, six days, and then the sun came back out. Wow. I did escape the emotional side of it, though. I, I am so grateful for that. Postpartum depression is no joke, but for me, I felt completely normal. That's wonderful. Which was, yeah. I was very glad about that. I know your baby breast crawled right away, was feeding. How was that for you? Breastfeeding's been a breeze, which thank God. It's also a big blessing. Yeah, it was a huge blessing. It's been fantastic. But my gosh, I have so much sympathy for every mom now because I'm like, there is no easy way to have a child. Adoption's hard, foster care is hard, vaginal delivery is hard, C-section is hard. There's no easy way to bring a kid into this world and, and do it. I'm so... Glad that I don't want to ever get pregnant again. <laughs> we only want to have one biological child, but I'm so glad I went through it because it was a really humbling experience. And my gosh, like women are warriors, man. Absolutely. Because you have little ones in the house. Yeah. How did they take to the baby? Oh, it's amazing. Okay. My three-year-old is so hyperactive. It's not even funny. He is so calm around the baby. Oh, he really? is so instinctively calm. He calls her my baby. Aww. So does the 18-month-old. They live for her. They just absolutely just worship the, you know, the little air she breathes. They love her so much. I did get the presents, you know, the baby brought them presents, which I think helped. Also, her name is Julie. So I found a song. It's called Hey Julie by Fountains of Wayne. A friend had sent it to me. And so weeks before I had her, we would have dance parties and we would call it the Baby Julie song. So I tried to do a lot to prep them, you know, like for baby's fun. But they're also just, they just love her. It's so great. I'm, I'm so, so grateful. Did you already start working? Yeah. I started working, you know, via computer and stuff. Um, Easing in? Yeah. But I, I go back to camera actually next week. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. How does that feel a Which week out? Which will be, for people listening, that'll be week eight for me. Yeah. Um, How does that feel a week out? I'm excited. I'm so excited. I mean, you already juggle a lot. I do. As do you. So coming from you, that means a lot. <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, but um, you, yeah, my juggle is all just. You know, it took a while, though. I, work I, juggle. Yeah, it and took kid, a while. I got a. I do kid juggle, too, but I've never did the mom juggle. It's like. Moms are amazing. Moms, it's like a whole body experience with you. Yeah, it is. And, and I'm a hands-on mom, you know. I'm really hands-on mom. So I was lucky in that. One of my girlfriends moved here from Oklahoma, and so she's my part-time nanny, which helps me have some sanity. Oh, wow. That's really nice. It's fantastic. She's she's amazing. She's incredible. So I have some help, 
which is fantastic. But I just sat down and I got some dry erase board, magnetic dry erase boards, and we did meal planning because I was like, I have to make a schedule and I have to meal plan or I'm going to lose it. You know, you live and die by a schedule when you have toddlers and, and babies. Absolutely. So it's been good. I'm still learning. But you're, I'll you're be learning. you seem like you're regimented in that way anyway. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if you have to keep three people alive, you gotta, (laughs) and and not only alive, you know, I want them to be smart and and kind and. Uh, I'm sure they will be. Yeah. Well, that was quite a story. I'm glad I didn't talk to you ahead of time because uh, you really gripped me. Good. Um, And I'm glad, like, overall, it sounds like you had a really good experience. Yeah, good overall. I mean, the post was harder for me than the labor. I think just because I didn't know when it was going to end. The six weeks was really... Or what was really going on there? Well, just with the... It was essentially an infection with the dissolvable stitches. Yeah, but it was just unknown. It was just unknown, you know? And even week five, I remember thinking, I'm never going to feel normal again. And it was literally like five weeks, six days. And then, like everybody says, six weeks, I felt better. And they say you keep feeling better, you know, but... I just want to encourage any mom who's pregnant listening to this, like, you will feel better. You will mm-hmm. feel better. You can do it. But Super get cool. some help in the post. That is definitely sound advice. I know that you already indulged me twice with your presence on our podcast, and I'm grateful for both. But I'm still hoping you'll come back a third time so we can talk we about, talk about uh, foster, foster care, care and yeah. adoption. That's my fashion, so... That's like all I ever want to talk about. Sweet. I can't wait to come then back. Then I get to hang out with you again. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. I Thank really you for appreciate having it. me. And uh, at home, thanks for listening to us. You can find out tons of stuff online. Where's, what's your, uh, where are you online? Um, on Instagram and Twitter, it's Jen, J E N underscore Lily, L I L L E Y. And on Facebook, it's backslash Jen Lily Official. Ooh, official. Yeah. There must be like a bunch of unofficials. You know, in college, uh, me and the Jen Lilies, we would friend each other and chat because All there's only a handful gen- of us. Oh. And we'd, we always thought it was funny. I met so I one, know like seven of them. I've met one Elliot Berlin. <laughs> Have you? I used to get his mail. Really? Time. That's yeah. so weird. He made a film. He's a, he was a filmmaker. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And then I just started getting emails. I'm like, I'm not that guy. But then, yeah, I don't know. I got so many of them. Some were interesting, so I would reply as if I was him. No, you and did not. Oh, yeah, I totally did. <laughs> and then I got an offer to direct a film. I'm like, I would totally love to direct that film. What does it pay? <laughs> and then they told me how much it pays. I'm like, hold on. I'm not that <laughs> I'm not that Elliot Berlin. So I called the other guy. That's so funny. And um, my caller ID came up, and it said Elliot Berlin. So he was, like, all weirded out. He's like, who the hell is this? I'm like, Elliot Berlin, who the hell is this? And he's like, it's Elliot Berlin. And then I told him what was going on. He's like, oh, thanks for answering some of my emails. I can't get to them all. That's and then amazing. I told him what happened with the offer, and I put him in touch with the people. And it was really cool because he had never met an Elliot Berlin before either. So I said, hey, he was not. And you're both in L.A., I guess. He was in, uh, New in York? the D.C. area. But oh, okay. he's like, yeah, I'm going to be in L.A. soon. And I'd love to have a cup of coffee with myself. <laughs> so would I. That's so, so fun. Sadly, it never happened, unfortunately. He oh. got sick and passed early. But um, oh my gosh, that's the only Elliot Berlin I ever met. Paperclips wow. was his film. It was a documentary on the uh, Holocaust Project. Yeah. So, Jen underscore Lily, yeah. and we are at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N, or online at informedpregnancy.com. Dr.
news I got a whole lot of questions for you This kid's gonna test my will I got a lot to learn and my baby's too This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.